0: This is Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show,
1: but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just sway your mind.
0: Here, we take that chance for you and let you know our opinion on if it deserves more than
1: one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be Woo Assassin. (laughs)
0: Assassins is a Netflix original series that debuted in 2019. It is slated for another season. That other season hasn't happened yet. But that other season doesn't matter to us in the slightest. We're just reviewing the first two episodes today.
1: You know that's what we do. If you uh, haven't caught on, we just explained. First two episodes of a show.
0: Well, not always a show, but the first two episodes of something, we I'm review it. And in this, in this case, this week, it's Woo Assassins.
1: Season 1, Episode 1, Drunken Watermelon.
0: I, w- I want to start, before we get into this, by describing how we found this show. Because it was just on Netflix, like, it was playing through the trailers like Netflix will do. And this trailer is so good. The trailer
1: is fan-fucking-tastic.
0: I don't want you to take that to mean that the show isn't good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the trailer is insane. It's two Asian gentlemen mm-hmm. sitting at a diner trying to have breakfast. And the waitress comes up to them and she's like, if you guys want... We have some Asian chicken and rice instead of... We could,
1: pro- we could probably make you have some, like, Asian chicken dish or something.
0: And one guy's like... We're fine. And she's like, you're just not from around here, are you? And he's like, you mean Wisconsin?
1: She's like, America.
0: And then he's like, you know, Chinese have been coming to America since the 19th century.
1: Yeah, he's like, how much do you know about Chinese-American culture? And then he goes on to talk about the Geary Act. Yep. Which, if you don't know, the Geary Act is basically what... It basically said... Chinese people couldn't be citizens.
0: Yep. And they had to carry around papers to prove that they were legally here.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't until, like, 1950s, 1960s? 1940s. right? 1940s. Before, Sorry, during, right before you. During World War II. That Chinese citizens could own property, marry, and were even considered citizens? Yeah,
0: could even get citizenship. Yep. Like, um, It's fucked up. And then he's like, so if you don't mind, we'll stick to the sausage and eggs. And then two redneck dirtbags come up and are like... You didn't really have to give her that history lesson, did you? And honestly, yeah, they did. Because she was being racist. Like, she assumed just because they were Asian that they weren't American. Yep. And so, these two dudes are dickbags. And...
1: Then we got an awesome fight scene.
0: Yeah, and it's just a really good choreo- choreographed kung fu fight
1: scene. Which, I I love those. So, great dialogue. Yeah,
0: witty, snappy dialogue. And
1: great fight scene. And... Makes that, for a great trailer. That's the
0: trailer. And I was like, oh, yeah, this looks awesome. Like, the trailer looks like a kung fu flick, but boiled down to, like, a TV show. And, like, if this is the show, I expect something like this going every episode, right? Like, yeah. Not, just, not necessarily the jokes and stuff, but, like, this type of choreography. like
1: Well put together dialogue. I didn't
0: expect what we got. But let's, let's talk about what we did get. So this episode starts, like you said, it's called Drunken Watermelon. And the episode starts with a splash title card that says, San Francisco, present day.
1: And And we hear some people arguing in Cantonese as we pan up from the floor up a guy's pants and legs and torso and such.
0: Yep. And this man is being held at gunpoint in the hallway of an apartment complex.
1: Yeah. And the guy holding him at gunpoint is telling him to uh, get out of here, mind his own business.
0: Yeah. He's asking if he heard him because... Yeah, yeah. Are you deaf... And so the the guy being held at gunpoint, martial arts his way out of, out of this,
1: ends up dealing with this guy by throwing him down a set of stairs.
0: Yep. And then another guy shows up, and this guy flips the knife out, and does like, some fun knife work, and ends up getting himself stabbed in the arm, and then the hand, and then the hand into the wall. Yep. Where he's turned into a human punching bag until he's knocked unconscious. Yeah, it's fucking great. We hear arguing coming from downstairs, and
1: we cut camera down there, and we see this guy just this third goon beating up. On this older man, and he's asking this older guy, Where is he? And the older guy just isn't answering one. He's being fucking beaten and also doesn't really know who the fuck they're talking about.
0: So, our protagonist, whose name is Kai, um, the guy that just beat up these two other guys, mm-hmm. jumps down the stairwell and then into the hallway. He apparently took out another guy in between there. Because yeah, because
1: his entrance into the hallway is body slides in, hits wall, guy interrogating old man, turns to look, and then he steps into the hallway.
0: Yep. And then. The guy in here in the old men pulls a pistol out mm-hmm. and starts firing at our protagonist who dodges the fucking bullets.
1: But he doesn't dodge Matrix style. It's more like a quick sidestep to the other side of the hall each time, but with like a strong foundation. And like a little bit of like a duck in there. Yeah.
0: But yeah, he's just sidestepping through the hallway, dodging his bullets until he gets up to the guy with the gun, where he proceeds to also dispatch this man.
1: Quite well. And so then he's talking to the older guy and he's like, are you okay? Like, are there any more people? And we get this guy's name here and it's Mr. Young. And Mr. Young's like, there's two more. And then immediately, of course, the two guys walk inside and one pulls a knife and throws it at Young.
0: And protagonist catches it out of midair. So and Mr. Young looks at the protagonist and goes, who are you? And the protagonist goes, a chef.
1: Title splash screen.
0: It's like a four second title screen splash card. It does not a whole bunch there. But after the title card, we have our protagonist and he's in a kitchen cutting up a pepper. He'd be fast chopping like a pro chef. He is
1: quite skilled at the chopping of vegetables. Quite, and quite skilled. We get another little nice layover caption,
0: where this takes place yesterday. yesterday. So literally Saturday, right? This yeah. Takes, yeah, this takes place on Saturday now,
1: and um, it's not just like he's working in the kitchen and Sa- he's good. S-
0: Saturday, March twentieth. 2021 is when this episode when this <laughs>
1: because it says present day yeah yeah
0: yeah. present day and then yesterday
1: yeah like... so this man is nice killed with a knife he's dressed in nice chef attire and it's a very nice large well put together kitchen so it implies that he's working in a nice restaurant which we quickly see the front it, it's a nice restaurant
0: yep. we're in a nice kitchen there's a nice dining room with a full bar it's a very nice restaurant also
1: the, the music just in this scene is great i mean that's the thing generally i think the music overall in the show is good
0: it's weird i really didn't take note of the music in this show which is
1: um, some music I don't like, but that's just a personal preference. I think it fits the scene well, but I don't like some. But I think this song here is just good. I think generally the music for the show is good.
0: I honestly hadn't noticed. But a guy comes back into the back room to talk to the protagonist about the protagonist's food truck idea. Apparently the protagonist wants to get a food truck, like follow bands around, concerts around. And,
1: festivals and stuff, you know,
0: food truck life. would be awesome. That's, that sounds like a cool job to me. Mm-hmm. But the dude, this dude that's talking to the protagonist, protagonist being Kai is apparently rich. Seems to be friends with
1: Kai. He's yeah. offering
0: money to start the food truck. He's, he's like,
1: like, I can help you out. I can get, I can help get you a va- get you a truck. Like, mind you, the entire way he is saying everything about how he can help him or the fact that he has money just comes across as extremely sketchy because it's all said in like vague half topics about how he has money.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then we get a guy coming into the kitchen from the front of the house just um,
1: after Sketchy Bro leaves.
0: No, Sketchy Bro is still back here right now. I he, he's he's, he's
1: getting ready to leave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And he comes up to Kai and he's like, I told you that there's no peanuts. Like, we can't put peanuts in the food tonight, right? No, none of the food. None of the food. No peanuts. Nowhere. And Kai's
1: like, No, you didn't say shit, man. Like, so this guy looks aggravated and angry. He throws the plate at the back wall, grabs another guy in like, the kitchen. I told you, right? And this guy
0: doesn't even respond. He doesn't say yes or no. He's no. Like, no
1: he, he says peanuts in Cantonese because it's like, assumedly the only word he picks out because from the few other interactions with him, it doesn't seem like he has the best grasp on English. He's an older Asian man and it seems he can only speak Cantonese. Yep. Yeah. So it's just like, it basically boils down to like, he's like, peanuts. I heard the word peanuts. What about peanuts?
0: Yep. So he grabs this guy and drags him out to the front of the house where he takes him to a table of people and he's like, apologize now and throws this guy down on his knee
1: the guy who does something about like apologize for the peanuts and there's a line here where the guy in Cantonese says there aren't peanuts in any of the dishes so he knows what the fucking topic is about now that he's dragged out here
0: Mm -hmm. and he's like I didn't put peanuts on anything
1: um but this gets really heated and uh, one of these guys punches him in the nose and seems to break his nose
0: yep and Kai kind of steps in he's like trying to de-escalate the situation but it doesn't really work the front of house guy grabs Kai tells him to leave and that's kind of the end of this scene. Uh, one of the guys does pull a gun on Kai, though. At yeah.
1: one point, he pulls a gun on Kai after Kai like removes the other guy's arm from the first chef. Yeah. Uh, who he then tells to run off So Kai lets that guy escape Then they pull a gun on Kai And the other guy's like He gets Kai out of the tuition And he's driving back to the kitchen He's like What the fuck are you doing Are you trying to get yourself killed You don't fuck with the triad like that Those yep. guys were triad
0: So th- we then get some scenes of Kai walking home mm-hmm. He brings some food home For one of his neighbors from the restaurant
1: Yeah he seems to be pretty well known in his apartment too Because as he walks in Everybody we see in the hallway He says something to Yep And it all seems rather genial
0: And the neighbor that he gives the food to Gives him something in return It's like a local folk medicine cure
1: also, this neighbor is Mr. Young.
0: Oh yeah, yes, yes, it is. Um, and this, it, this medicine, this folk cure is called Uteguk balls. I have no idea what that is. That's just what the caption said it was.
1: Yeah, when we see it, it looks more like a powder. But um,
0: mm. yeah, I think it's powdered Uteguk balls. But I have yeah, no I idea know. what Uteguk balls
1: are. And he says
0: it's for his stagnation
1: because you know you said something about a food trucking. You're still here. Take this once in the morning, once at night, until you're no longer here
0: yep in his apartment kai mixes the powder into some water or tea sips on it and then because of the next day yep which is not the next day it's today the d- the present day the day yeah. we started on
1: and we see a woman walking down the street and we hear people calling out and almost immediately learn her name is jenny because people are greeting her yeah and
0: everybody and... seems to know who she is she seems to be on good terms with everybody yeah.
1: so she's walking down the street and she walks into a restaurant the Oh, same,
0: the same restaurant from the night before
1: and it's Fucking trashed.
0: And we see the guy, the front of the house guy from the previous night, asleep on the floor. And we find out his name is Tommy.
1: Asleep may have been a strong word because when we see his face around, he's bruised and battered, like... Uh
0: Unconscious on the floor. Yeah. We also find out that Tommy and Ginny are brother and sister. Mm-hmm. That this is their restaurant, although he seems to think it's her restaurant. Yeah. She she always says their. He always says hers. But she's pissed because there were triad in her restaurant and she doesn't want
1: colonels like yeah making this a place and, for them. And she's like, I don't want them there. And he's like, and then she goes out to ask what happens. Like, well, Kai was here. She's like, fucking, you had Kai here too for that shit. Yep. She doesn't want Kai involved with the triad. She doesn't want the triad involved with her restaurant. She doesn't want her brother involved with the triad. And he's like, but they're my family. And she's like, fucking family. I'm your sister, basically.
0: Yep. We then go to the docks and we cut to a shipping container at the
1: docks. We see th- three suit of men getting out of an SUV and walk into that shipping container.
0: Yep. Their triad, obviously.
1: And we have uh, two guys who have been black bagged. Shipped yep. down to the underworld, tied to chairs with black bags over their heads.
0: And then the leader of the triad starts giving a lecture about Little Pete, the first Chinese millionaire in the US. And... The Dragon Head, which I believe is what they call the Triad Leader.
1: Yeah, from the way they talk about it, the Dragon Head is the leader of the Triad.
0: Yep. And he was the first Chinese person to not carry the papers re- required by the Geary, Geary Act. Act. While he's giving a speech... He just shoots one of the guys in the chair.
1: Well, he shoots the guy in the chair after, like, making a thing, like, nobody crossed Little Pete. They said to cross him was to equivocally cross your own name off the Book of God or something like that. And when he says that, he shoots him. And then he goes around to the other guy, and he points the gun at the guy's balls, and he continues on. It's just like, yeah, everyone was after Little Pete. The government, the other gangs. And you know what? No one could do it. Because, like me, Little Pete would do anything to defend his territory.
0: Yep, and he tells the second guy, go tell Alec McLua what will happen if he continues to incur on Chinatown. So he lets this guy go.
1: And just as the guy's about to exit the shipping container, he goes, wait a minute i forgot something
0: and just shoots him straight up in the head he's like i think this will speak well enough on
1: its own yeah
0: we cut to the police they're discussing the bodies that they found in a shipping container
1: really? and- is it the police because there are no markings anywhere for any of these people ever and like i'm not sure if it's police or like fbi or something because these are triad and we learned alec mccullough is from fucking scotland like these are international criminals
0: there's some type of police even if they're fbi fbi or police yeah. Just, the difference is the FBI doesn't have to warn you before they shoot into a crowd. True, true. If you think I'm joking, look that up. That's actual facts. Police have to warn you before they shoot, technically, legally speaking, unless there's imminent danger. FBI do not. They can shoot as long as they think that it's the most... They have to justify it in a report, but they could just
1: shoot you. Yeah. So the law enforcement are talking about the shit going down between the Triad and McCullough. And they say that the uh, Triad has stopped most of McCullough's, like, invasion, mainly because of the Dragonhead, Uncle 6
0: Mm-hmm. And they know the victims here were associates of Alec McLuhan, and that the Triad's fingerprints were all over this crime scene. Yeah. We also learn here that the Triad's leader's name is actually Chow-Wei-Luke. Mm-hmm. and that uh, he is also called Uncle Six or
1: the Dragonhead because he's the leader of the triad. Yeah, and they are talking about, you know, they need to fix this shit going on before Gangor starts.
0: Yep, we, we find out that McLuhan is still
1: not in the States, but his second-in-command Babanov is. And Babanov and McCullough have apparently recruited Uncle Six's right-hand man, Lucin Lee,
0: who is Kai's friend from the restaurant.
1: Yeah. The rich dude. The kind of sketchy guy.
0: Mm-hmm. While they're talking about this, they're talking about how they're going to put somebody into Babanov's crew. Mm -hmm. And that somebody is a woman named Inspector Gavin... Yes. Which the more you, yeah, Inspector seems like it wouldn't be Exactly, right? But there's a guy at the back of the room, as there always is, and he's like, putting a girl in, Babinov will never go for that. Da 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 da. She
1: can't do what I can do. He was also the same guy earlier that right before that was just like, we should just let them kill each other. It's so much easier for us. Yeah.
0: I have this guy labeled as Toxic masculinity Cop. Yeah. He doesn't get a name though. It's Bendix, and apparently this is the only scene he ever shows up in, so. Yeah. But he basically talks about how this girl couldn't do a man's job. And she's like, look, the only thing you have on me is a smaller penis.
1: Get fucked. Yeah. And the cops chuckle and laugh.
0: Yeah. Because obviously, dick joke. I just, nothing about this scene is funny. And I know they wrote it to be funny.
1: So then we cut to see Kai and he's working in a food truck. Yep. And he's doing all the cooking, the fixing, like everything. And there's just another guy like getting out ingredients. This guy's apparently his boss though. Mm Mm-hmm. And his boss mentions that he's off to go get more shrimp because they're almost out, And so he tells Kai, push the squid.
0: Yep. Uh, and his friend, who we now know is a car thief, mm-hmm. who we also now know is a high-breaking member of the triad. Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. Lucin Lee comes into the truck and Kai's like, you know, most people knock first. So their conversation starts with Kai and Lucin talking about how Kai clearly can't be earning too much here working on their food truck. Yeah. And it then Lusin's like, but I'm making pretty good money. And Kai's like, you're not just making that money from just selling cars, though. And his friend's like, yeah, that's why I boost them, too.
0: Yep. In this conversation, though, Luzin is also like, Tommy try to tell the guys that you're protected. The, the triad guys from the night before that you're protected, that they can't do anything to you. But they're not going to listen, man.
1: Like, you know, it's it's Tommy.
0: Like, it's they they already beat up Tommy. They're not going to listen to him. Well, from the
1: way they said it, he said, like, he almost doesn't listen to him. It's Tommy, which implies mm. that Tommy does not have good standing amongst, like, the triad.
0: Yep. He tells Kai that it's probably time to go talk to Uncle Six. Get him to step in. Implies that they're on good terms. Mm-hmm. And then Kai's like, nope, not going to do that. I don't need to do that. And Jin's like, well, here's a pistol then. And, and Kai's like,
1: no, nah, I'm not going to take the gun either.
0: And Luz's like, just defend yourself with men. They're going to come out after you if you don't, like, intervene. And he's like, can't you just talk to uncle six for me
1: and lewison's like that's not how this works
0: you know that so he refuses to take the pistol he refuses to talk to uncle six so when he's closing up the truck that night and getting ready to pull out for the parking spot two guys show up with baseball bats and start beating the truck and attempting to beat
1: kai yeah they crack the window and then when he goes to open the door to stop them they come in to beat the shot of him
0: but he manages to fight them off and escape in the truck yeah and in his haste to escape he runs over a girl with the food
1: truck I know we aren't describing these fight scenes because describing a fight scene is is a bitch. It's very difficult, yeah. And also, like, we're not describing them because they're not good. We're not describing them because they're too good. Because, like, I could describe a shitty fight scene for you. It's not hard because it's shitty. A good fight scene's really hard to describe, though. And these are really well choreographed fight scenes. This
0: fight scene centers on Kai dodging baseball bat blows while using the kitchen as a weapon. Using the entire truck as a weapon because he, like,
1: traps one guy's arm in the steering Mm -hmm. wheel and then cranks the steering wheel to, like, crack his arm.
0: Yeah, and then he ends up beating the, like, ends up getting them both out of the truck with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. One dude, he blasts out of the back of the truck, and the other dude, he, like, sprays in the face until the dude gets close enough to the door.
1: And then throws the fire extinguisher at him.
0: Well, like, more like hits him and lets go of it. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he uses the fire extinguisher to get them both out of the truck. Like I said, then he takes off, and in his haste to get away from these guys with baseball bats, he takes this food truck and just plows over a girl. Just drives right over her.
1: Yeah, so he stops the fucking truck and gets out because he's like... Stay there, stay there, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get help. And she immediately stands the hog him. She's like, hang up. Hang up the call.
0: Yep. And she's completely unharmed. And then she hands him a rock.
1: I thought it was like a piece of wood.
0: Sure. She hands. Something. She hands him a glowing chunk of something. It doesn't glow until she puts it in his hand, man.
1: Same difference. She she puts that object in his head and says, This is the monk piece. And then, ready for this? Suddenly, magic. Just fucking magic out of nowhere we are 20 minutes into this episode the trailer gives me nothing about magic the brief description on the beginning of the netflix thing about the show mentions nothing about magic
0: Yup. and then there's just a bunch of like monk spirits floating around him and he's he absorbs it all into him and then she's like the power is yours now you have the
1: power of a thousand monks and it's yours and then she disappears, and he's suddenly in a foggy ghost place. Yeah, the alley is like encompassed in fog, and then he's alone.
0: And now there's five dudes in full armor of different colors marching out of the fog and start and, and like
1: striking a group fight pose. They're, they're
0: striking Sentai poses, yeah. like.
1: And then the front guy in blue armor like forms a ball of water that's uh, bigger. And it's bigger. not the
0: blue armor. There's a dude in like blue blue armor. There's and then the guy in the front. Blue has with like, like white accents. It's like yeah.
1: White with blue accents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a form of ball of water and then he summons a dragon, dragon or horn serpent or snake thing, whatever. It wraps around Kai, picks him up, and then the girl from before, but now I'm clad in like white kind of monastic like garb. But like, it, it reminds
0: me good of for w- fighting. It reminds me of like what they would call a shrine
1: maiden outfit in like a shounen anime. <laughs> a fighting shrine maiden outfit, in, like a shounen anime? Yeah yeah kind of yeah yeah
0: but yeah she suddenly shows up out of nowhere and like jumps through the air and slashes the water dragon with like these two knives yeah. and somehow that like not only frees kai from the water dragon but
1: makes all the sintai dudes just disappear At first she just says like this is the most dangerous thing to you or something and then goes on to explain. yeah
0: these are the five warlords who first subsumed the evil power of the Wu. they represent the five elements earth water metal wood and fire
1: you know, these guys attacked it in China. and are trying piece, to conquest it.
0: And the monk piece I gave you represents the remnants of 1,000 holy monks who sacrificed themselves to give their power to a chosen one.
1: That chosen one is you. And it's your job to defeat the Wu. You are to become the Wu Assassin. Because there are
0: five new warlords who are all converging on San Francisco. Also, the smoky, foggy area is called the Path. It's the yep. realm between heaven and earth.
1: Yeah, she also drops that hoof to save the world or fell like she did hers. Like, what?
0: By the way, at this point, my notes just are like, this show has gone off the fucking rails. Like, this is not what I was expecting. Like, yeah. How does this always happen with shows that you like add to the list? I don't know.
1: Neither of us think it's gonna fucking happen. You're like, oh, yeah,
0: Black Heaven. This This is an anime about a band getting back together to stop the world from ending. I was like, "Sounds weird," but I could definitely see like the, the the idea there in a metal band. And then,
1: um, aliens. It's one guy and aliens for the most part, at least in the first two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then this, you're like, "Yeah, this is just a kung fu action show. Look at this trailer. Look, look, look how cool it is." And I'm like, "Yeah, magic, just like straight up magic." anyways kai wakes up in the hospital now although he's still hearing the voice of the girl and she tells yeah. him that he is the Wu assassin and the monk's faces will protect him so he can succeed where they all filled
1: yeah the audio is all distorted it's like you're underwater whatever and it's just echoing and echoing through he goes to a bathroom as it mentions the face of the monks will take over so you have the freedom to do what you could not and that's going on while he's in the bathroom and looks up and it's just a different fucking person in the mirror so so
0: yeah, he's going to leave the hospital at this point. Yeah. And Jenny's- leave
1: makes it more composed. He bells out of the fucking bathroom when he sees another face. That's fair.
0: Um, and as he's trying to enter the elevator to leave, he runs into Jenny, who's apparently his emergency contact in his phone. Yep. So Jenny and Kai have some sort of history because we get a bit of them talking back and forth as she drives him back to his apartment. Yeah,
1: she's worried about him being involved with Triad stuff.
0: And like, it's weird to me because she offers him a job at her restaurant. Yeah. But she was just pissed that Tommy had him working at her restaurant.
1: I, I had assumed it was just because Triad were involved when that happened. Probably, but it just seems weird to me. It just sits weird. Well, also, when she was talking to Tommy, it seemed like she didn't fucking know Tommy was having those people over. Like That was not like a working night, apparently, mm-hmm. for that restaurant. He just that, that's fair, yeah. He just brought people into her restaurant at fucking night, no, no warning. Brought in like their cooks and other people. Yep. It was like, party time!
0: So... Then we cut to Xin. He is sitting at a very, like, 80s-esque diner, 90s-esque diner. Um, uh,
1: the only thing here that uh, was left out is in the car when, she, when he's getting out. She goes to stop him, like, warn him. Yeah. And she grabs his hand, and they have, like, a shared intimate moment where they look at each other's eyes, and he's like, it's fine, don't worry. Like I said, they have a history. Yeah, it just implies, like, the, int- the context of their history possibly
0: yeah i thought that was okay anyways um yeah so we got illusions illusion and he's eating at a diner it's kind of like an 80s-esque diner like like it's got that aesthetic to it yep when inspector gavin shows up
1: she just sits down in his booth
0: she's like i heard you were looking to hire some people
1: i also heard you have some problem you have problems with women and he's like
0: hey waitress do i have problems with with women and she's like no And he's like "I, i think you got the wrong
1: table lady yeah she's just also selling his food this entire time being like generally abrasive yep um so he blows her off and then she steals his car that's the rest of the scene yeah I- It feels like the bad (laughs) setup for an attempt at a leverage episode or a burn notice episode or a white collar episode. I've been
0: binging burn notice for the last two months and I can tell you one thing. This is not how you get into somebody's organization. You don't show up, eat their food, steal their food, not just eat their food, and then steal their car, accuse them of being misogynistic, and think this
1: is how you get in with the group. Yeah, no, that just doesn't seem like a good idea.
0: I think this is how you, you, I think this is actually like speed run to have the triad kill you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I would think so. So then we're just back to Kai and he's just enjoying a drink outside Walking along the street Then he heads into a shrine
0: And no, he no. actually I think he's doing exactly what I'm trying to do What I'm trying to do at this point so He's drinking that tea and just staring off into space And then he's like wandering around <laughs> Trying to make sense of
1: the fucking magic bullshit
0: Yeah, he's just trying to figure out how, how his life went so far off the rails In like three seconds Because that's what I'm trying to figure out too
1: Yeah, that, no, that, that's totally why he heads to the shrine Just like, like spiritual guidance for it Yep,
0: so he goes to pray at a shrine where Uncle Six meets him and
1: Uncle Six, you know, is just like, eh, you know, your mother was Indonesian Muslim, but it's nice to see you still hold on to some of the Chinese traditions I taught you.
0: Yep, which implies that there's some deeper relationship here between Uncle Six mm-hmm.
1: and Kai. And we'll get to that in like two seconds. Yeah, because Uncle Kai and his men take Kai, Uncle Six and his men take Kai over to an empty building and uh, they look around. It's an old like karaoke bar, it looks like. And Uncle Six offers to make it into Kai's own place. In fact, you can straight out own it in 10 years. Yep. And Kai's like, no thanks. And so Uncle Six gets kind of angry because Kai's just like, I, I don't need your help. And Uncle Six is like, of course, you don't need my help. You don't need anything. I just did everything for you. Gave you the life you have, the friends you have.
0: Everybody else recognizes you as my son. Why won't you? Which, yeah. you know, there's that bomb that we were looking for. Uncle Six is Kai's father.
1: Yeah, and then he continues, I picked you up off that ship, I saved you from a life of bondage, I gave you everything you have, and then Kai's just like, no, my father got me here.
0: Yep, so really Uncle Six is more like an adoptive father for Kai. Mm -hmm. I don't know, sounds like he he legit saved him, like, he he took him out of a shipping container on a docks, like, that sounds like a kid that's headed for child slavery,
1: like, just my opinion, but, you know yeah and uh as he's leaving kai's just like let it go let it go what kai, kai tells him to let it go because in the earlier scene of the shrine and then in the very beginning of this uncle six is taking more like a spiritual approach to how they should uh, be yeah. family uh-huh. and so kai kind of turns it on him with like more doubts beliefs so like g- kind of just go with the way mm-hmm. that it's supposed to happen let it go
0: yeah, um, back in Tommy and Ginny's restaurant, Tommy's apologizing to Ginny about the mess from the night before,
1: but he's only really apologizing to her
0: because he's trying to get a loan. Oh, uh, it, it, it's fucking great. Because he needs it for rent.
1: And, and his apology is like a half ass fucking apology. He's apologizing to her and he's like, really, things wouldn't have turned out this bad if Kai hadn't fuck shit up.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry that your ex-boyfriend fucking ruined my night with my triad buddies. Otherwise,
1: you would have never realized I was here. The problem isn't that he fucked up isn't that he was here it's that because kai made some people angry his sister knew he was here
0: so between his shitty apology and the fact that apparently he used to be a drug addict um jenny's like yeah but do you really need the money for rent like
1: yeah and, he, and then he's like you've been talking to our parents haven't you like no like that's basically the extent of it yeah she's like do you really need friends like you've been talking to our parents they think i'm a fuck up you think i'm a fuck up i'm not a fuck up i need money though
0: yeah and he, he's like Look, I get paid in two days, but rent's due tomorrow. I know it's nothing to you, but I could use twelve hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, and actually still questioning. He's like, you know,
0: you're not so good. At, you're not such a good at the two shoes yourself. I
1: know you took money from Uncle Six to renovate the restaurant. How are, you know our parents? And then it's basically, like, you know, our parents don't like the triad. How would they find out if their golden daughter took a loan from the triad? It is.
0: It should be noted here, though, that Tommy doesn't actually like seem to actually own any stake in this restaurant. He doesn't get paid from it. He doesn't
1: like. Yeah, but she's like, even in this instance, she's like, just come work here yeah this he's is like, at your restaurant she's like at our restaurant yep like come on and uh, as he's leaving he throws down some like advice or like the current staff layout like who's all working like hey two of your new employees are illegal watch it make sure also it's fine there your
0: other waitress is really bad at getting people to leave
1: like after they finish eating yeah, they, they can't she can't rotate them out well enough make her work on that and so jane's just like could you stay for like at least for today he's like nope gotta bounce Yeah, she gave him the money, he bounces.
0: Um, then Kai gets home to find the triad looking for him, and this is now exactly where we started in this episode. Yep. So, I'm gonna just jump through most of this fight, Although it should be noted that we now know that none of them are actually seeing Kai. They're seeing an old man, an old bald man fight them.
1: And we get all the way to the spot where the guy shoots at Kai for the first time.
0: And the first time he misses, I think it's partially because the girl opens, the girl pulls Kai into the path. does she?
1: Or does he do it on accident? Who knows? She's vague about it.
0: Yeah. And the girl tells him, hey, you can't just be knocking these guys out. You got to kill them. You're meant to kill these people. You're the Wu assassin. And he's like, I'm not a killer. She's like, yeah, yeah, you are. And then he's back in reality. Oops, there goes gravity. And um, he's dodging bullets again because that's what he does. Yep. And then Mr. Young doesn't recognize him either. He still looks like the monk to Mr. Young. Yeah, I mean. Which explains why Mr. Young was mm-hmm. like, who are you?
1: And then really if we just pick up from the spot where the nephew gets there he catches and says, I'm a chef. He takes on those two guys in like the classic hallway fight set- scene setup: up. One guy in front, one guy behind. And then they. Rotating attacks. And
0: then he gets slammed through a door.
1: And into an apartment where everything is destructible. Everything gets destroyed. <laughs> yeah, this have is- fun with that prop budget.
0: This entire apartment is a weapon, and eventually, Kai kn- knocks these two guy- guys out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we then cut to a
1: voiceover by Uncle Six. While there's a city shot and kind of montages. Yeah, we get them,
0: a- and in this montage, we see Tommy, and he's using the money he borrowed from Jenny to buy drugs because yep. um, he's a lying piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Jenny, and she's going to a fight club. To fight club. Yep. Um gavin inspector gavin now seems to be in with Luzin because
1: he pulls up to a garage garage door opens and it's his car and just a wall of fucking car rims for some reason
0: yep um all these scores are underscored with that speech by uncle six he which is actually a speech he's giving to two goons
1: yes um his speech is about how chinatown relies on the feud and vagina code of ancient china it's all about face fate and favor Yep, and he's, he's talking
0: and he's talking to them he's like you know Kai's off limits right and they're like no we didn't and he's like so this is what he did to you what, what's he look like and they're like this isn't this wasn't him he never came back this was some old bald monk guy and he said he was a chef he said he was yeah he, he said he was a chef and uncle six is like hmm interesting and he starts playing with a fireball in his hand because he is the firewood
1: yeah. he's facing away from them as he turns around they're like whoa what's that it he drops it to the ground it separates to two goes to their feet and immolates them
0: yep they're like ash sprinkles so
1: at this point i would like to point out generally it's fine special effects budgets change from show to show this isn't the best special effects budget though no no
0: and at the very end of the episode we have mr young being willed into an ambulance
1: yep and still asking
0: guy still still asking kai who he is
1: yeah and finally kai's just like i'm the woo assassin
0: end episode roll credits literally name drop
1: yeah. So what do you think of this show? Okay. What, so are, what are your impressions after episode one? The fights are so well fucking choreographed and it's, it's great. And like I said, the music works pretty well with the show and honest, all the more realistic world elements, quite Like literally for the first 20 minutes of the show, I was fucking like, this is great. This is really amazing. Then suddenly magic and don't get me wrong. Magic and shows is fine. I like fantasy. It's all great. Modern fantasy is actually pretty fucking enjoyable most of the time. Yeah. The magicians is one of the best shows sci-fi has done in like ever. Not ever. but clearly being Being human (laughs) human. but being human being human ended in like 2011 the magicians is like the best thing they've done in the last decade and so you know that's fucking great i don't mind it but it's just not what i was expecting and at the end of episode one i would watch more of it but really depends on like my mood if that's just what i'm feeling at the moment
0: Okay, let me explain to you what this show is to me, okay? First, let me let me start by saying I like water as a drink, and I like vodka as a drink. But, I, but, I, but I, what I don't like is when I pick up a water bottle and go to drink it, and it's filled with vodka. And that's what this show is. <laughs> like, it's a surprise. It's not a bad surprise. It's not a good surprise. It's not one you were expecting, but it's a surprise. It's vodka in the water bottle. Whoever did that hated you so much that they wanted you to die. But I just, I can't wrap my head around it. I don't know if like the fact that it is vodka makes it better or makes it worse. Like I kind of just wanted water. Like that's why I was watching the show. Yeah. Yeah. Water, in this case, being, like, a kung fu action show, which you don't really, there's not a lot of those, and I was like, god, this sounds so hype. But instead, it's vodka, and, like, yeah, vodka's good, but, like, I typically like it mixed with, like, lemonade or something. Yeah. Anyways, that's my impression on this show. I hope that vodka water bottle analogy made sense.
1: On to episode two, I guess. Episode two: Misspent Youth.
0: Yep. This episode starts in a tattoo parlor fifteen years ago, and in the tattoo parlor we have Kai, Tommy,
1: Ginny, and Lucian. Ah, uh, yeah, that's who the fourth person was.
0: <laughs> Did you really not peg them all from the beginning? My mind
1: never clicked on Lucian. I was just like, "Yep, Kai, Ginny, Tommy. Other one just doesn't really talk at all well in the scene."
0: <laughs> you were like, "Oh yeah, that—that's the other one." Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: So you know, Kai's getting a tattoo alongside Ginny and Tommy, and Tommy's like, "We're brothers now." and Ginny's like, "Brothers," and they're you know they're just joking around. They're all having fun eating tattoos, and uh, then Uncle Six walks in,
0: and he he makes Kai come with him. Yes, and in the car, Uncle Six kind of gives him a lecture about tattoos. Although it's not really a lecture so much as, "Hey, you do you know-, know why
1: I don't have tattoos,
0: Kai?" And Kai's like, because the police can ID you easier that way. And Uncle Six is like, wow. you do pay attention. Wow. You have learned something. Can, Slow collapse. Can I say
1: something? Uncle Six's outfit. I don't know how I feel about it. 15 years ago, like in present day, this man wears a suit. He's well put together. He looks great. 16 years ago, this man was wearing a yellow leather jacket, aviators, and had long hair and a ponytail
0: that but based on the show's time that'd be 2004 exactly he looks like he came right out of the yakuza game franchise exactly i I, I know he's chinese not japanese but like it literally looks like just
1: like like sleeping dogs aesthetic as well it
0: literally looks like majima like was like (laughs) hey i know the perfect fashion designer for you let's go
1: yeah, like, I feel like it could be, like, a late 90s or a uh, late 80s, early 90s look, but it is two thousand 2004, my dude, if we're going 15 years ago. I feel like someone was like, yeah, this will this will work really well for, like, 15 years ago, and someone's just like, no one took the time to be like, hey, guys, it's not, well, like, it's not 2002, 15 years ago is not the 80, late 80s,
0: early 90s. No, 100%, that's what, that's what happened, because, like, for some reason, like, my brain defaults 15 years ago to be, like, 1999, but, like... That's not that's not the that's not the
1: case. Fifteen years ago is two thousand six. I mean, is it worse that you're older than me? But your brain defaults fifteen years ago to a later year than mine does. Like no, like mine my, kicks it to like nineteen ninety, and I wasn't even fucking alive then.
0: Yeah, my brain's like, oh, 15 years ago, yeah, that was the late nineties, and and then like my there's this moment where like my brain rubber bands and goes, nope,
1: nope. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely what happened, but it creates this just weird (laughs) aesthetic choice from Uncle Six.
0: Anyways, while they're in the car, Uncle Six gets a a call from his older brother, who Mm -hmm. we didn't know he had, Yep. and he's told to bring Kai with him, so they show up at this building, and Uncle Six's brother and some triad goons escort them upstairs. And they
1: have a guy black bag.
0: Because they've been black bagging guys for 15 years.
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: Yeah, it's a hobby of theirs. It's like a family thing, it's a pastime. Mm -hmm. Some families go deer hunting or camping fishing and the six family i don't remember his actual name black bags dudes and shoots them yeah
1: so kai, kai's uncle six's brother is telling kai this guy tried to kill uh your father today he's a bad guy he's evil he's okay to kill pulls out a gun and forces it into kai's hand and then forces kai to aim the gun yep and ghost breaking pull the trigger when Six enter Saxon. and just like grabs a gun and shoots again multiple times.
0: Yep. And then like the older brother leaves and he's he's oh. upset, disappointed. Mm-hmm. He leaves and he takes the triad goons with him and Uncle Six kind of bends down next to Kai and he's like, You're not a killer. It's okay. You don't need to be a killer. There's different ways. Yep. And then title screen cut. Yep. And then we cut to Kai, and he's really angry and he's really chopping. and and there are these vegetables. He, okay, he's really good at
1: it. These vegetables are just getting murdered. And while that's happening, we just get like a flashback of like every important event from episode one. Yeah, because he's busy trying to figure out how his life ended up like this. Like me, still. And then he finishes cutting with a flourish and tossing the knife in a spinning motion to a magnetic knife block he has attached to a wall like a good five five feet. feet away. Yeah.
0: And then there's a knock at his door and it's Uncle Six's... Second top person whose name we didn't get
1: because there was a man standing in the way when I
0: paused to read names. Be- obviously, there was men standing in the way. They're, they're not gonna. The woman's not important, justice
1: because this is Uncle Six's woman top man. True, true. Like, and we know Alec McCullough doesn't have any women in his top.
0: Yeah, like, people. Yep. Um. So she's justice here. Has no speaking lines ever. She. Yeah. She does. She. To be fair, I think that's like character trope in martial arts movies, right? Like. Yeah,
1: kind of. But I
0: mean. But yeah, she she's there to pick. Kai up to take him to see his uncle she doesn't say this mm-hmm. Kai has to infer all of this oh yeah um, and
1: the moment he gets into the room with his father uncle, it, it's, uncle a, six.
0: it's a lex luther line luther moment yeah. from smallville
1: those are my notes starts the third convo from smallville
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because i didn't put that in my notes but that's exactly where my brain went like yeah because when he enters the room uncle six is reading from the art of war yeah he's
1: reading this on sue
0: come on man <laughs> and every like every time the uncle pauses her
1: breath kai cuts him the next line of it yeah so and, and also at the beginning of this though as he comes in kai gets a text message from elisa and it's just like hey when you get this text fucking call me
0: yeah so uncle zix is trying to figure out who the old man was who beat up his
1: guys yeah he must know if kai knows and kai's just like how, how the fuck would i know i wasn't there
0: yeah and he's like okay but let me know if you see or hear anything and then kai gets a second text message from Luz- from Luzin, and that basically ends the conversation with his uncle
1: well there's a brief bit there when his uncle or father or whatever he has starts at moment like i don't know why you never feel like you're welcome here and he's just like well your former dragonhead made it clear he was never fond of outsiders yeah. Or jungle rats, which is something that I didn't know what they were referencing before because they called him a jungle rat brief, briefly.
0: Yeah, illusion called him a jungle rat. He said, he said something like um, Yeah, in like the first episode. You're, I you're just the didn't... worst jungle rat of it. Like...
1: Yeah, I just, I didn't fucking get the reference. Yeah. In the very beginning of the first episode, I was like Okay, yep, continue. Um,
0: I just want to stop stop for a second before we get to the Jin scenes and stuff, with mm-hmm. the, the stuff going on after this. This is honestly just such a power play by Uncle Six. Yeah. He, this is a two minute conversation
1: that he could have had on the phone, but he drug him all the way to like a nice study to for a minute and 30 seconds of this conversation quote Sun su at him yep this is like the, the definition of a power play fucking great anyways you, um, kai gets his own power play but like getting text, looking at the phone just not even saying anything and turning to leave the room
0: yep so we cut to jenny she's at her ho- house
1: she's waking up and she's covered in bruises it's, it's almost like wait i'm not allowed to mention that i'm not allowed to talk about that
0: yeah first rule of fight club is you can't talk about fight club bro i was just talking about the rules i wasn't talking about the thing hmm <laughs> seems fine to me uh, Jenny receives a call from her parents, and like she sees it like pop up her, on her computer, and she's like, "Shit!" and starts like putting makeup on to hide the bruises. Mm-hmm. She answers the call, and they're like, "Hey, how's your
1: restaurant doing?" Which is the first thing they ask about, honestly. Like, yeah, and she's like, "It's fine. Um, profit went up by, like ten percent last month."
0: But th- I guess the really important thing is they're coming to visit because um, her
1: dad wants to go to Las Vegas, so they're gonna stop by to visit her and Tommy. Also, Tommy hasn't been picking up. Why is that?
0: And her, and um, Jenny's like making excuses for Tommy, but yeah. Yeah. Also it should be noted her parents live in Hong Kong, so mm-hmm.
1: And um her mother mentions like the restaurant looks really nice and Jenny's like, I told you, it's already all been paid off, it's fine. Yep. And then after that call, we see her going to like her bedroom. And she just out, has a bag of money. Pulls out like a duffel bag and then a smaller bag and starts pulling out money from the smaller bag to put in the bigger bag. Yeah. Yep. You know, assimilated a payoff debt to... The triad.
0: Then we cut to Inspector Gavin, who is out for a run. And, like, not a run. Like, a long
1: like, ass fucking run.
0: No, no, no. It's not like a, like a run like most people go for a jog or like a run. She is dead on fucking sprinting. Like, yeah. She, she is running like Tom Cruise runs in every one of his films.
1: <laughs> and then she stops in like a little park area and walks over to a bench to stretch. And she starts talking to the captain, because she says captain in this. So I finally have at least have a position for the man who briefed everyone. Yep. Who he- is dressed as a hobo.
0: Yep, and going through trash, and uh, you know, just honestly, just, this is some insanely deep cover. Like, yeah, she could have just called in from her apartment mm-hmm. or something. And he's just
1: like, "You're in with Lucin." He took the bait. He even talked to our CI that we had, who talked about you, vetted you with him, with everything he could hands on. You're you're definitely in no problem.
0: Yeah, we got his IP address because he hacked into the criminal database mm-hmm.
1: to get your records. Yeah, so on he, and so you forth. Know, he's, he's gonna test you, but you're definitely in. It's all good.
0: Yep. We then come back to Jenny, and she has taken the bag of money to Uncle Six. Mm-hmm. And she's like, here, this is for the renovations. And Uncle Six is like, that was a gift.
1: You don't pay back gifts. You know, I've known your family for a long time. Your parents have never been great friends of mine, but we always had an understanding. And your brother, you know, he really thinks of us as friends. What about you? We're friends, aren't we? That was a gift. You don't have to pay it back. And she's like, well, if you knew anything about me, you know I always pay back my debts. Yeah. And- like, we should really get to know each other better. Invite me to the restaurant. And
0: like the whole time he's like also like criticizing your choices to do fight fight club stuff. Yeah. Never um, straight out calls it. Yeah, he's, he's like,
1: like, I've heard you've done things for this money.
0: Things that are dangerous that you shouldn't be doing. And she's like, well, also my friends know I can take care of myself, so they wouldn't be worried about me. Yep. And he's like, well, you should invite me to the restaurant sometime. And she's like, well.
1: The doors are open for everyone.
0: Master Waz is open to everybody. Because that's the name of the restaurant. Yeah.
1: And he's like, I want you to invite me.
0: And she's like, lol, no, here's the money, and, fuck you. And he's you. like,
1: you sure you don't want to be friends? She's like, no. Leaves the money on the desk and walks past the second-in-command out the door.
0: Yeah, uh, he also implies that this isn't enough to actually cover the renovations. So yeah, that if she'll she, owe more. If she's choosing to not be friends, she will owe more at a later date. Yeah. So we now know why Luzin was texting Kai. It's because he has the food truck that the mm-hmm. triad beat the shit out of. Um, and, and he's going to fix it up, but... And Kai's like, I can't afford to pay to get it refixed. And Luzin's like, not a problem. You You owe me a favor. And Kai isn't happy about that. He's like, that's never worked out for me well in the past. But before you can actually complain, he finds himself in the path. Yes. And and uh, while uh, talking to the girl in the path, we finally get
1: her fucking name. Ying Ying. She tells him he needs to train. Yeah. And he's like. Also, you know, time operates differently here.
0: Uh, Yeah. She's like, you need to train. He's like, you think people won't notice if I just go missing for weeks? And she's like, lol.
1: Time operates differently here. Also, you can go through any of these doors and-
0: well it's not just that time operates differently here. She specifically says that this place is outside of time and space. Yeah. And then she starts giving him a tour of the path. Mm-hmm. And she's like, these doors are doors to the past of the Wu Assassins, which literally sounds like some shared memory Assassin's Creed time travel bullshit.
1: Yeah. I just hope it's like monk memory. As you open it, you see something, you leave. We literally have no idea because it doesn't show us in this episode. Yeah, no.
0: But we do, but Kai does hear screaming coming from one door and goes to open it. Screaming, horses, and swords. And he is stopped by Yingying, Ying and she's like, mm, you don't
1: have the necessary skills to go in there yet. Yeah. And then she goes on to explain, only you can remove the power from the Wu corrupted. Also, the only way to remove the power from the Wu corrupted is to kill them, but only you can remove the power from them. And, um, you know, you're going to have to build up your resistance to the Wu elements.
0: I have a question. Yeah. If the only way to remove the Wu corruption from one of the Wu warlords is for them to die, Mm -hmm. what if they get hit by, like, a semi and he's nowhere near involved? I don't know. I just assume they don't die.
1: Man, it would suck to be a Wu warlord. Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, <laughs> he starts to train against the elements. And by that, I mean only water, fire, and earth. Apparently, we're going to forego actually training against oh, yeah. metal and wood. My
0: favorite is the way he trains against water. She just sticks his head in like a bucket of water and tries to drown him. Yep. And then fire, she just
1: sticks his hand above a fire. And then for earth, it's move this boulder like two feet. This giant boulder bigger than you like two feet.
0: Yeah. If you can move this boulder two feet, your training is done. Uh, this is all training to enhance his resistance to the Wu's elemental magic. Mm hmm. And now in my notes is the same m M&M joke I already made earlier. Snap back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. Because um, Luzin introduces Kai to CG because now he's back in the real world.
1: And uh, CG is just cover Gavin is what I have in my notes. Yeah, car Gavin. Yeah, it's Inspector Gavin if you haven't caught on yet. Yeah. And um, he's going to send CG with Kai to go to Arian Bob's Salvage. To get a new windshield for the food truck. And she just, just like, you're going to send me with an Asian guy and then kind of like Indonesian, Asian, American.
0: And she just kind of ignores it because it, the the minor differences in that don't matter when you're talking about a guy named Arian Jane Bob. Bob. <laughs> yeah. And then Luzhin's like, oh, he's reformed. It's okay. Yeah. He's reformed Arian, you know. We
1: all know a good reformed Arian or two,
0: right? I've never heard the terminology in my life. <laughs> Neither
1: have I. It's great.
0: Um, Anyways, this cut, this brings us to... Uncle Six visiting
1: Mr. Young in the hospital. Because he's still looking for more information about the monk that Mm -hmm. trashed on his boys. So, you know, he's just asking Mr. Young what happened. And, uh, you know, he gets the whole villain inkling of someone's lying to me.
0: And so he grabs the IV tube that Mr. Young has connected to him and starts boiling the liquid in it. Yeah, he
1: starts boiling the saline solution. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he eventually gets that it was a guy who called himself the Wu Assassin. And then... Alarms go off because boiling saline solution has entered Mr. Young's body, so he is hyperthermic and needs to be cooled off. Well,
0: also because um, Uncle Six definitely has access to a woman named Yang Yang, who's told him about all the, like, e- evil Wu Warlord stuff.
1: <laughs> I fucking hope not. What do you mean? Wouldn't that be the best? No. So then we cut to kind CG, and, and she's just like, hey, hey. hey. No,
0: actually, what would be the best is if it's just Ying Ying still, but in a black dress now. Uh like like
1: the good place
0: yeah kind of
1: (laughs) maybe (laughs) but anyway so we cut to kai and cg and cg's just like you know i'm not racist right like i just i I need you say we cut to
0: kai and cg and my brain was like i don't remember any scenes (laughs) in the the show that were cg'd and i was like oh yeah because that's a stupid name Mm -hmm. and even Luzin knows
1: it's a stupid name because he calls her cj and she's like it's cg and he's like cj cool um Yeah, and so (laughs) apparently they're not not playing music in the car because CG just doesn't want music. And Kai's just like, why? So she gives this stupid backstory about how she was in Canada with her father who ran guns. And you know, as a hobby, he liked to put sound systems in cars. And one time showing off, he turned up his music really loud, which was Kiss, by the way. Man, did he have bad music. But he turned it up so loud, Mounties heard and came because of a noise complaint. Equivocally, they don't say that. And when they came, they found a gun runner, so they arrested him, and she was sent back to California.
0: And her dad got 25 years in prison but did he make it 12 years before he got shanked to death although oh
1: my fucking god
0: i what is this backstory so please, hold on i I know i know know you're going crazy this backstory but i this is obviously cg's character backstory but here's the thing she almost cries while she's telling him this so either gavin is a decent like actress like can cry on command or and god i hope this is the case <laughs> it's her actual fucking backstory. this is gavin's actual backstory i love when shows do that when they're like yeah we're gonna create this entire criminal like persona but you're just gonna use your real backstory to fill in the information no problem no problem Nobody's, nobody also
1: if this oh, was her actual fucking they, backstory, they never have to know what that's what fucking backstory is yeah my dad just turned up his music to love one day and a mountie showed up and arrested him and that's why i don't listen to music in cars that's how she sums up that story legitimately <laughs> that's why i don't listen to music in cars you yep. know see part of me hopes that the entire reason like that is her backstory is some bullshit reason she came up with off the top of her head like oh shit um i have a wiretap and the music would interfere with that. Come up with a bullshit story. <laughs> bullshit story is yeah. why no music. Bullshit. Not like radio broken, but like,
0: like. No, radio broken's a terrible excuse. And then he just has to try it and like. Yeah, yeah. But. You
1: punch the radio clearly after saying that. And then, then
0: like, she's like, I just opened up to you. You should open up to me now. Why is Luzin having me accompany you across town? And he's like, well,
1: no, he doesn't answer anything. She's like, oh, this is just gonna be the silent monk thing. He's like, one of the first things you'll learn growing up in China China's down. the rogue killers are silent.
0: And she's like, you got the silent part down. But then yeah. he eventually is like, when I came to America, Luzin was my first friend.
1: Yeah, when I came to America from uh, Jakarta.
0: Anyways, she then asked Kai about Luzin's ear like, because one of what his What happened to Luzin's ear? <laughs> and I've lost my fucking shit here. So I was like, Luzin's ear? What's wrong with Luzin's ear? Was I supposed to notice something? What is this? What are we even talking about? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes, we paused the fucking show right here. And we Google searched. And mm-hmm. we went to the wiki. We trawled and, um, through
1: bits of the episode here and there where Luzin showed up.
0: So I'm going to go through what the wiki says real fast. Do it. Um, and I just need to pull it back up. Okay, here we go. So Lu Jin is a tall Chinese man with a height of six foot two and a lean muscular body. He has a light complexion with olive undertones, and has a strong bone structure with high cheekbones and a solid jawline. He is kind of handsome. That's me that's my add in, but Yeah, it's true though. A portion of Lu Jin's body, most notably his right ear and neck, are scarred due to a fire incident. Da- ca- ba- 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 caused by he is mostly seen wearing leather clothing.
1: Okay, so it said his right ear. So, a Google search with a promo picture will show you that it's the left ear. It's not uncommon for promo pictures to have, like, scars or distinguishing features that are added for a show to be on the wrong side. It happens all the time.
0: But, um, we also kind of, like, paused every time we saw Luzin from here on in,
1: and, um... A lot of the time, if we're focusing from where his right ear should be, because... His left ear definitely does has no marking. We get that left side of his face all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. When it gives us an angle, it would be like at his right ear. It hazes up the camera, fuzzes it, it makes it shadowed and kind of hard to see. But there is definitely you can nothing tell, there. You can tell there's no difference in texture from anywhere on his ear to his face to his cheek.
0: We see it very clearly in the diner scene, mm-hmm. where we can see very clearly the left side of his face. Sorry, the right side of his face, and there's nothing there. He has no burns.
1: I am just convinced they didn't add a burn until, like, this episode, and this episode they didn't have the prosthetic ready. No, here's, here's- So they were careful with their camera angles, and they were just like, so we want to do something with Bernie, right? How do we introduce it? I don't know. Just just have CG ask about it?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, which also means he didn't have the burn at all in the first episode
1: either. Yeah, we didn't go back to check that I will after this, but yeah, guarantee it's not there.
0: Um, So- yeah, he has a burn in one of his ears. It's highly inconsistent, and sometimes it's on his right ear, and sometimes it's on his left ear, and
1: sometimes it's on no ear. Sometimes it's just, just a fucking lie. So then we cut to Lucin, and he's playing with a lighter, and he's sitting at a table in, like, his chop shop, and um, there's a bunch of Russian guys in there talking to him. And they're just like, you know, you could have more business, more cars, get more done, get more money. Yeah, the, the main Russian guy's is Babinov, mm-hmm. just so we're clear. And um, basically they tell him... You're going to do more business with us.
0: They basically give them a list of specific cars they want. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't care if you can do it. You're going to do it. And if you don't do it, we're going to tell Uncle um, Six about you, about you working both sides. And we'll see what, what he does then. Because we know you played with
1: fire once, but... And as he says, that Russian cat, like, touches right side of his face. Yeah. Obviously, he's suppo- Right side of his own face, not.
0: Obviously, he's supposed to have a burn here, but he doesn't. Because somebody wasn't very consistent with the props. Yeah
1: and as they're leaving or prosthetics in this case yeah and as they're leaving the russian guy is talking Babanov is talking to one of the other guys and he's just like i don't know why uh mikola likes him so much and then guy's like this guy's fucking weird but he gets shit done whatever
0: yep so then we're at bob's um at arian bob's salvage yard where cg and kai have no problems they show up bob seems like a nice enough dude he has the wind he has the windshield they need
1: yeah, CG looks at his arm. He's got a swastika tattoo, I think, on it. Or was it an area in I don't remember.
0: Which. Um No, it, it it was like, that's what it would have been. But like, it was like... Just Touched a, up, yeah. It was just a black, like, bubble over it now. Okay, yeah. And he's like... Missing ma- Yeah, which is where we get the title of the episode. Yeah. Yay.
1: And, you know, Kai walks over to when was like, looks good. Hands Bob cash.
0: And then a group of guys show up and they start making trouble in the neighborhood.
1: And as they show up, CG looks over at shoulder and she's like, fuck.
0: And CG and Kai got in one little fight.
1: And Bob got scared
0: fired a shotgun in the air, and said, you're leaving my, my, my junkyard and not taking that windshield with you. Get the fuck out now.
1: Yeah, fight scene is awesome yet again.
0: Kai just kind of stands on the sidelines of this entire fight. Until in-
1: some guy so- goes to, like, stab CG. Yeah, And he- then he's like, grab arm, drop, yep. lose knife.
0: Yep, um, but that's the fight scene. Um. Yes, I did just turn that entire fight into a bad version of the prince of bel-air theme but i'm okay with that so after that we cut to jenny and she's entering a drug den where she finds her brother tommy
1: belt around his arm needle still in it
0: yeah he's strung out on heroin Mm -hmm.
1: and she's just like tommy come on so let's get out of here it doesn't
0: have to be heroin it could be like any other injectable drug
1: um but we don't need to list drugs for our listeners also because
0: this is just tv shorthand for heroin yeah always like it doesn't matter that it could be like oh uh, don't
1: we don't need to, we don't need to provide our listeners with drug lists
0: okay yeah um but three guys come in to the drug den as Ginny is trying to take tommy out and they're like yeah
1: he can't leave yeah he can't leave you can but he can't not until he uh pays up what he owes
0: and she's like how much does he owe 300 and
1: tommy's like No, nope, that's bullshit don't owe them that much they're yeah. lying and Ginny's like i don't have it on me but i promise i'll be back and the guy's like oh you you promise you'll be back that makes all the difference yeah you can leave he stays and she continues trying to pull, get, pull tommy out and then so you know he six his guys on jenny well no he just some one of them just grabs her by the arm oh yeah yeah and like
0: she fucking destroys
1: this guy yeah, like, drops him into an bar, knees him in the stomach then the face lands, lands his face through a drywall yeah she just destroys this dude and then it's a full-on fight um where in the end i legit thought she was gonna kill the leader of these guys yeah she's on top of him pummeling away at his face decides that's enough pummeling over the front of his face picks up a head and starts slamming it into the back it's of the stone she, it's not floor. like she's
0: picking it up and slamming it she'll pick it up with one hand and, and then, then punch it down the into
1: the stone floor yeah and
0: then pick it up with that hand that she just punched with mm-hmm. and here comes the right cross and she's just balancing this dude's head off the concrete floor yeah i think this is the important moment where remember she does this for fun
1: yeah um, on a note, as far as we're aware, Ginny's not a killer. There's not a giant pool of blood under this guy's head, even though they rightful rightfully should be. Yeah, um... This man should be dead. So, yeah,
0: uh, she just straight up murdered a dude. I'm sure that's not gonna have any consequences yeah. in the show. Because
1: she didn't murder him in the show. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to Kai and CG, and, um, they're back in the car. And CG's, you know, apologizing, like, hey, I'm sorry about the windshield. I just don't like being called a fucking whore. And then Kai's that's like, the guy was calling her.
0: And then Kai's like, um... You recognize that guy. Where you, are you from? You knew him. And she's like, uh, it was so long ago. I, I've tried to move past it. He's still an asshole. It doesn't matter. And
1: Kai's like, just not fucking buying it, but he's like, whatever.
0: Obviously, she knows him from a former undercover job. Mm-hmm. And like she she was just trying not to get caught undercover. Yeah.
1: Um, and then from there, it's uh, more
0: training on the path. Yeah. Cut, cut to Kai on the path. Training with Yen Yang. Yeah, Ying it's, Yang.
1: It's still only... Fire, water, and earth. I don't know why we're avoiding wooden metal.
0: Yep. And she's got some like narration here where she's talking about how he has to become resistant to fire and stronger than the earth and more malleable than water and capable of doing the impossible.
1: Yeah. So the fire and water training is just the same. And then he gets to the boulder and he's just looking at it and then he starts punching it. And, and then it speeds up. And he just speed bags his way through this giant boulder. It breaks, it crumbles, and then he picks up a piece and throws it to the marker she had set. And she's like... Good, now you're thinking like a Wu assassin.
0: Good, you've completed your training. I'm like, no, you said he had to get the boulder there, not a piece of the boulder. Yeah. He needs to move the rest of it, which is now admittedly easier than when it was a full boulder, mm-hmm. but this isn't the whole boulder that he yeah. moved.
1: But, you know, Kai's just like, nah, I'm done now. Tell this shit to the next Wu assassin. She's like, there's mm-hmm. no next Wu assassin. You're the last one. He's like, the fuck? And then he rushes over the rock, grabs her right with her, and she's like, see, I told you you would be a killer. Yep. And, then, and he's like, no. So she says, open your eyes, and then just slaps her hand over his eyes, which to me signifies immediately, he's not leaving the path. He's going to do some weird mind journey shit.
0: Yep, so he enters his apartment here, and he sees some triad guys in his apartment, the same dudes that tried to beat him up the night before. Mm-hmm.
1: The guys who got immolated.
0: Yeah, um, the one guy has a knife on Ginny's throat, and Ginny's sitting in a chair.
1: And the other guy pops up behind him like... Bashes him over the head with a bat from behind the do- from behind the door. He hits him with the butt of a gun, actually. Oh, was it okay? Yeah,
0: and the guy's like, "I'm gonna kill this girl now," and Kai's like, "No, don't!" And then he just slits her throat, and then Kai murders both these guys mm-hmm. in like two seconds. Yeah,
1: and then he goes to approach jenny's but he's like, jenny jenny and then jenny's head just pops up, and it's Yang Yang. Mm -hmm. he's like what the fuck she's like i I told you you could fucking do it you had it in you you felt those feelings they're there you can kill people you're a killer
0: and then he's upset because she manipulated him and she's like ah you'll get used to it uh
1: she actually says you'll get used to it yeah Uh (laughs) you know you're one with the dow you should see and now that you're done with your training you should see through the eyes of the monks of what might come and opens that wooden door from before which leads to like metal doors and like through there it's like a
0: tomb or something a
1: tomb or like temple i can't tell which because it's the lighting for this is so dark i can't tell if walls are stone walls or cave walls
0: yeah and he sits down cross-legged in the middle of this tomb and the spirits of the monks start flying out of him and circling around him Mm -hmm. and
1: he goes on a vision quest essentially Uh, and he sees a bunch of shit
0: uh, the first thing he sees is Luzhin in his in the garage where he works,
1: beaten and bloodied up against the food truck, with uh two blood covered Matryoshka dolls in front of him.
0: Yep, the smallest Matryoshka doll isn't covered in blood; just the two oh, bigger ones. Or not? Okay, it's th- there's three Matryoshka dolls.
1: Oh, I I missed the third then. The
0: small one has no blood on it. The middle one has blood, and the big biggest one has blood as well. Okay, um, I missed the third. I'm one. sure there's symbology there that will become relevant later. I mean, in I the didn't
1: series. take the time to like really look at what the Matryoshka dolls were artistic wise. Mm-hmm. So Kai then walks through the back door of the food truck into the restaurant, because this is always how mind journeys work. Yeah. And in the kitchen of the restaurant is Alec McCullough standing behind Ginny. Then as Kai approaches, Alec just disappears. Yep. And Ginny is kneeling with a glowing um, thing that looks a lot like the monk piece.
0: I, yeah, she just has some magic shit going on here. It looked like the monk
1: piece in her hand.
0: Maybe. Um. He then is in his own apartment, and Tommy's sitting in his computer chair and spins around and with a shotguns shotgun. His own face. Yep. Then we see Uncle Six using fire magic to kill CG mm-hmm. or Inspector Gavin, whichever one you want to call her. And then like then he snaps out of his vision. And he's like, Uncle Six is the fire woo.
1: Yeah. he's like, what the fuck was all of that? And Ying Ying's like. Eh, it's what happens, or it could happen, or it may not happen. She doesn't answer anything clearly. Yeah.
0: Then we then cut to Uncle Six, and he was ordering his higher-ups, he's ordering his higher-up the woman mm-hmm. to put out the word to find the old man chef. Who, the old bald monk
1: chef, Wu Assassin. Yep. He uses, like, all of those terms to describe the man, and he's like...
0: And with the end of the episode, we see Kai back in his kitchen, twain with a knife. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the episode. That takes us to final impressions for you, Justice. Episode 2, what do you think?
1: Okay, so at the end of episode 2, it is still basically the same impression as the first episode. Choreography is fucking great. Like, the fucking stunt coordination and fight choreography is amazing. And again, Every Moment Without Magic is definitely great. And I've actually thought about it and i'm not a huge fan of like six's magic but it's not too much it's not horrible right it's mainly the vagueness of the path that's kind of annoying which you know is kind of understandable given the path is literally just a reference to Taoism. well
0: but yeah but in this case the path isn't just a reference to Taoism. it's
1: literally a separate space time dimension between heaven and earth which is when it starts to bother me And also the training, the training doesn't feel like it makes sense. Like the water and fire part actually kind of makes sense for like being resistant to water and fire, right? Yeah, because how how you get better at not drowning is being drowned. I mean, improving lung capacity. That's not what she's doing. No, it's not. (laughs) But like the the idea there is like classic bullshit. It's dumb, but if it's like a classic stereotype of improving against that, it's like well, you get stronger against fire by burning yourself. No, that's that's not gonna work. But
0: I think if you burn yourself enough, you actually become weaker to fire.
1: Yes, because you make more sensitive skin.
0: Although, if you do it enough, enough. You won't have the nerves to feel the pain, but it, you'll still be weaker because it will just kill you faster, so, mm-hmm. you know.
1: You, yeah, so none of it actually works, but, like, those two fit thematically like, the way they're kind of doing it, and then it's just a giant rock that he's supposed to punch. Like, the other ones are build up a resistance to this, and then this, the one for Earth that was meant to build up his resistance I had nothing to do with the resistance to Earth. It was about his creativity.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So, eh. Overall, I know I definitely enjoyed the parts that aren't the magic bits. I'm still not exactly sure how I feel about the magic stuff. Overall, I think the show is watchable and actually pretty good. I just don't... It feels like i'm gonna be in a specific mood to watch this show
0: for me the show is insane like i came into it expecting one thing going back to that water and vodka yeah i expected a bottle of water this wasn't water um it's fine though i'm i'm not it's not like it's not like i, I don't like vodka but it's not what i expected and honestly like once i got through the what the fuck is all this magic shit and um, the shock of the fact that Luzon's supposed to have a, a burn oh, mark on his ear. Yeah, officer. burned ear. Um, honestly, the show has a very like strong CW vibe. Like it. Yeah, yeah. And part of that is like CW doesn't know how to cast anybody who isn't like a nine out of ten attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody has to be uber gorgeous all the time, and um, this show is doing the same thing. Yeah, everyone's just generally attractive. Otherwise, it just has a lot of CW vibes just in the way the show is shot. Uncle Six was on a CW show. Yeah, but
1: I mean, he was Yao Fei in uh, Arrow.
0: But yeah, the, it has a very CW vibe, and whether that's a good thing depends on your personal taste. I mean, I do
1: watch too many CW
0: shows. Yeah, I had a very strong period of time where I loved CW, like Riverdale for a while, and most of the Arrowverse that I watched before the Arrowverse like made me not want to watch it because it's all the same thing. Like, I I had a thing for CW stuff. Supernatural is good from what I understand, but um, I can't get past four seasons because it's the same <laughs> thing. Yeah. And also, just my personal criticism of the supernatural, it goes way too big, way too fast. Like
1: Definitely. But this isn't a supernatural review.
0: No, it's not. Um but I would personally say the show is pretty mid. Um Agreed. Six and a half out of ten, maybe, six out of ten. Yeah, like it's good.
1: Logical. So I think if I'm basing it purely off of its fight scenes and its basic storytelling, I might put it around an eight, but I don't feel like the magic is super well done. And then in the second episode, the dialogue is a bit weaker in spots. Yeah, yeah. Basically anything CG feels weaker. And that kind of drags at least the second episode down. So I would put it around a seven, just because if you are going into it, for like a kung fu television show, it definitely it does exactly that. It does more than that, but it does do that and it does it very well.
0: I'm just really upset that the first two episodes aren't the episodes with the diner in Wisconsin. <laughs> right. I, I wanted to know the context of that scene. But all in all, I have no real interest in finishing this show, but that might be more because I have so much on my plate right now that I'm trying to watch. Oh yeah, definitely. Like my plate right now is like six servings deep of anime. I got to get through Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, Restart Attack on Titan, because apparently that got good sometime be- after I stopped watching. Um, there's just so much I need to watch and...
1: You want to rewatch Rorone Kenshin with me?
0: No, not particularly.
1: It's a good anime, but I have other things. Anyways,
0: still mid-show at best. It might be worth watching if you are looking for a Kung Fu story to keep your attention. Like, honestly, that's that's one thing I will say. This has a full season. It's going to get a second season. And... If you enjoy this, it's hard to find consistently good Kung Fu stuff.
1: Yeah, if you want that type of action, it's generally hard to do. I mean, Into the Badlands was pretty good. It was a bit more magic and had a weird setting. Setting was cool, but not so much grounded as this one is more grounded. And I don't think Into the Badlands is running anymore, but that was great.
0: Yeah, so this is probably good if this is what you're looking for. But otherwise, I would skip it.
1: Yeah, I can understand that easily.
0: Anyways, I think that's it for our review of... Wu Assassin.
1: I get a spoiler with an S on this name.
0: Oh, you're right. It is Wu Assassins. So that's our review on Wu Assassins. So maybe based on just the name alone, Jinny does get a monk piece and become a Wu Assassin. Maybe. And Yin and Ying is a liar, and there are other Wu Assassins to come.
1: But. Or maybe she's not aware and we get a whole, you know, um, by some weird thing, Kai dies and there's only one Wu assassin per generation. And when he dies, the new one appears, but then he comes back to life. Uh, You mean like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing where they're like, yeah,
0: there's only one slayer in a generation and then there's a generation is
1: just, well, someone died.
0: Well, like there's four slayers in Buffy throughout the series. Yeah. um, But anyways, yeah, I think that's the review. I think that's our review for Wu Assassins. So, if you want to reach out to us and contact us, there's a lot of options to do that. Before we get to those, I want to say, wherever you listen to us, there should be an option to leave a review. What I want you to do is go click that button that says review, type in the words, good podcast, I like, hit five stars, and submit that. We'll read it out with your username at a later date. You can get creative with the words that went in that text bubble, but just remember- Like,
1: great podcast, I loved it.
0: Yeah, just, you can be creative, use your own words, but- Five-star podcasts five star podcasts get more discoverability, which means more people can hear it. So if you like it, share it. Um,
1: if you hate it, share it. You know everyone enjoys that feeling of, this was bad. Other people should suffer as well.
0: There's at least one podcast in my podcast feed that I hate listen to. See? I'm a weird person, though. But we will read those reviews out on a later episode. That said, if you want to contact us directly, not via a review, which might take a week or two to see. If you want to contact us directly, you can reach us... On Twitter at Copilots
1: Review, you can email us at CopilotsReview at gmail.com.
0: Or you can visit the website at CopilotsReview.SimpleCast.com, which has links to our Twitter, Discord, and email account. Yeah, that one. So, there's plenty of channels for you to reach out if you want to tell us how, how badly we've just rated your favorite show. Yeah. If Who Assassins is your favorite show, like, I legit want to hear from you. because yeah, I'd be down with it. I think that'd be wild. I think that I think if Wu Assassins is anybody's favorite show, that'd be wild. Anyways, like don't get me wrong, show's good, but
1: favorite show.
0: I, I'm getting off track. Just want to say thank you for flying with us.
1: Please fly again soon.